you know, I think that something that people I think are starting to talk about now, but I feel like women don't understand how difficult it is after 40 to have a kid. And I feel like we all are just like, oh, look at Halle Berry. And no one really talks about what that looks like. You know, let's be totally frank. They didn't just get pregnant. It's not possible. If I was to go back and do it all over again, I would not have waited so long. But I did. And, and I wasn't ready to have a second for a very long time. You're listening to the MILF Podcast. This is the show where we talk about motherhood and sexuality with amazing women with fascinating stories to share on the joys of being a MILF. Now here's your host, the milfiest MILF I know, Jennifer Tracy. Hey guys, welcome back to the show. This is MILF Podcast, the show where we talk about motherhood, entrepreneurship, sexuality, and everything in between. I'm Jennifer Tracy, your host. It is the last day of February 2019. I cannot believe it. I can't believe how fast the first two months of this year went. It's so true. The older I get, the faster time goes. Do you remember being a kid? And I mean, I have a nine and a half year old. So like for him, spring break seems so far away. And I'm like, dude, it's going to be here in like five seconds. He can't grasp it because time to him is so much longer because he's only been around for nine and a half years. I mean, and now that I'm older, (laughs) it goes so quickly. Sometimes it still goes slowly, but most of the time flies. So here we are. Today is the last day for you guys to get in your iTunes reviews for me to donate $25 per iTunes review to Lumos. They can be found at wearelumos.org if you want to find out more about what they do, or if you want to donate to them directly, please do that. It's a beautiful organization that they're geared towards ending children's institutions and orphanages, the need for them at all. So they want to give resources and programs to families so that they can stay together. J.K. Rowling is the founder. It's pretty badass. So that's that. I also wanted to remind you guys that our rating is explicit only because on iTunes, you can only have, there's only two ratings. There's either explicit or not explicit. And my team and I decided to change it to explicit yet last month earlier this year (laughs) that's flying by because occasionally we do say the F word or shit or, you know, talk about sex. And so we wanted you guys to just be aware of that in case you're listening to us on your way to pick up the kids for, from school or, you know, yeah. So that's why we have the explicit rating is it's just basically to know that occasionally that happens. Some episodes more than others. Some episodes, there won't be a single curse word or any dirty, dirty talk, but sometimes there's a lot of it. So it varies from guest to guest. Anyway, I also just want to take a moment to thank all of my beautiful listeners for participating with me in this 28 days of self-love challenge that I've been running on my Instagram. It's been so fun and it's been so hard. Like I started doing this and I was like, oh, that's easy. Just post one thing a day. Like I was so, I was kind of arrogant about it, to be honest, not arrogant, but just flippant, I guess. I just thought, oh, no big deal. And it's hard. Like many days I got to the end of the day and I said, oh shit, I have not posted anything today. I have to keep this commitment and like, 
be an example. And, you know, so I'd be scrambling to do something, which is good because it's part of the exercise. It's like, well, you know, you have to do it every day for 28 days. But it was hard. And it also made me realize how, you know, I really talk a lot about self-care and making time for myself. But it's really hard for me to do it on a daily basis. I can do it when my kid is with his dad. I can do it when my kid's at school or, you know, but for the most part, balancing all the things I'm balancing, like we all are, it's really hard to make a distinct effort to create something for myself, even if it only takes five minutes. It's it's really been an interesting exercise for me. So I want to thank you guys who've, who've joined me or who've at least witnessed me <laughs> fumble through it. Yeah, more more stuff like that. I don't know what the next experiment's going to be, but uh, something 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 different. <laughs> anyway, uh, so I want to introduce today's guest. Today's guest is a mom that I met when our kids started kindergarten together, and she's an actress. She was on the original Nine Hundred Two One Zero, and she is lovely and brilliant. And she has a lot of depth and insight. And I just was so honored to have her on the show and to get to go to her office and interview her. So without further ado, here is my interview with Kathleen Robertson. I hope you guys enjoy it. Hi, Kathleen. Hi. <laughs> this is very weird. <laughs> I feel weird talking to you in this. I know. In, your, in the headphones and the, yeah, I know. With my new, I've got these giant uh, mic stands now. Fancy. It's very official. It's very fancy. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, we're here in your writer's studio, which um, is very exciting. <laughs> I don't know. Does it feel exciting? Yeah. It feels... It feels writerly. There's writing all on the walls and yes. everything. I love this. Yes. So uh, what's, H <laughs> what's HTP list stand for? Oh, HTP is a is a book that I um, recently optioned called How to Party with an Infant. <gasps> Do you know that book? No, but I need it. It's a pretty good book. Yeah. Um, it's this book. I mean, written, I don't need it. I'm not having any more babies, but I just met you never like, know, that sounds interesting. Yeah. Just to read. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's, um, it's this author, Cowie Hart Hemmings, who did The Possibilities okay. and The Descendants. Oh. The George Clooney movie. Yeah. So it's her, it's her book. And are you turning it into? I am going to attempt to turn it into a TV show. That sounds awesome. And these are all possible like producer partners. Awesome. Very yeah, cool. Yeah. Very cool. Yeah. Yeah. So we will circle back to your writing uh, career. Uh, but I want to start from the beginning. So you are from Canada. I am. I'm from Hamilton, Ontario. Born and raised. Born and raised. Yeah. And then, uh, and, and you grew up with siblings? Yeah. I have two older sisters. And what did your parents do? <laughs> Um, my mom was a stay-at-home mom and my dad, uh, was an interior designer. Oh, I didn't know that. Well, that makes sense. That's where you get your style from. Yeah. yeah. Well, I don't know about style, <laughs> but <laughs> yeah, my dad was, it was actually kind of, um, it was interesting because he was an interior designer, but we lived in a steel city. So there oh. wasn't a, a huge demand for interior designers right. in a, in a, you know, pretty blue collar place. Um, it, it's like an hour outside of Toronto and, uh. Yeah, it was. It, it, it's interesting now looking back on it that that's what he 
chose did in such an environment that would not be really super open and receptive to that. So how did um, he work? Did he have to go out of town for work a lot or? He worked for a store for a long time. Um, and then he had his own store Okay, where he would like, I mean, the weekends were spent, you know, going to antique markets yeah. and looking for Did you go with stuff. him? Always. Yeah. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. And they're still there in Canada? Yeah. My whole family's still there. Okay. I'm the only, okay. the only one that Ex-pat. got out, yeah. that left. Yeah. So, so you born and raised went through school there and then and then what happened um well i always sort of knew i started acting really young you were a child like, actor scary young like i just was talking to somebody about it the other day and um my 10 year old son william um so i was i was 10 when i started wow so when i look at him i can't believe that i was that age when yeah. i started being a working professional being that feeling of like oh i can't believe it is it do you feel like that is because you just think my god of like the pressure that you were under or the work environment that you're under even as a child or yeah i would never let him do that yeah never i mean it yeah it's just a lot you know i mean it's like you know you have a yes you know you're saying yes same age so it's you know it's add on to everything that you're dealing with now with blooms and then add on to it. Oh yeah. And you're going to be going out on auditions and being told no and being told you're not enough of this and you're not enough of this and you're no, I mean, it's just, I can't even wrap my head around that on top of just a 10 year old basic development. So when you were that age and experiencing that, how did your mom help you guide you through that? I mean, my parents, you know, nobody in my family was in the entertainment industry. So nobody really, I don't think anybody really realized it at the time that it was sort of what it was. Right. And my parents always would say to me, you know, you don't have to do this if this isn't like, you know, you don't like there wasn't really a pressure. Right. It wasn't like I grew up with stage parents and they were like, we want you to do this. They were always sort of like, if this is, you know, if this this should be fun and if it's not fun, there's no reason to do it complicated. You had the bug. <laughs> it's complicated. Yeah. yeah. So were what kind of work was it at that age? Um, like the first thing I did when I was 10 was I did um, a movie for the National Film Board of Canada, which um, was called Left Out. And it was a movie about a girl whose parents were both, um, her dad lost his job. And it was, it was basically an educational movie about growing up in poverty. Wow. Yeah. And then I did a lot of stuff for like the national, uh, the like Norman Jewison has a film institute, and I did a lot of sort of movies um, for for them. And uh, I never was a commercial. I never really did commercials. I was always more sort of weird little movies, and you know. Um, and then I did a series all through high school called Maniac Mansion, Ooh, <laughs> which was produced that by. Fun. It was based on a video game. It was produced by George Lucas, and it was um, it was like a family show. It was all the SCTV people were in it. Like it was oh. Martin Short and Catherine O'Hara and Eugene Levy was a producer and Joe Flaherty and they were all kind of involved in writing and in it. And and I played the daughter. I was like the 16-year-old daughter. That's fun. Yeah. So I did that all through high school. So I was kind of tutored. So um, you were it's like you were not in a regular school. I was, but I never really went. Got it. Because I was always working. So well, they would have teachers come to set how to was help that me. like socially for you? Was it challenging or did you just didn't know any different? So, yeah. And I, and I was sort of, um, I didn't know any different. And I think it was unlike, I think, I feel like if you were doing that in Los Angeles, it would be a very different experience. But 
nobody knew what I was really doing. Like it was sort of a weird thing where nobody really got it. And I would kind of be gone for two weeks and then I'd be back in school and it would be like, what were you doing? And I would never tell anybody. I would always sort of keep it on the down low because I was, I never wanted people to, you know, think of me differently or view me as being, you know, it was weird. I mean, I definitely had a lot of, you felt like you had a secret for sure. Yeah. Which is weird. Interesting. Instead of just being like, yeah. Right. Because it was so different mm-hmm. there in that time and space. It wasn't like you said, like in LA. It's yeah. Like in LA, you would just be like, oh, an actor. shooting yeah. a Disney show. Sure. Or, you know? Sure. So then you moved to LA or you moved to New York? Or? Yes. Okay. So I moved to LA right after that show ended. Wow. And I was, God, I guess I was like in 18, 19. Wow. I know. Um, didn't know anybody. Didn't have a green card. Came here totally illegally, like was living in an apartment, going out on auditions. And then, you know, if I got something, then they would say, okay, you don't have work papers, so you can't do this job. And I'd say, shit. Yeah. Ah. Yeah. So I had to keep waiting until I got a job that was big enough that they would allow me to get like a green card. And that was 90210. So once I got that, then they went, oh, well, this is a real show and a real job and a series regular thing. So we're going to get you a green card. So then wow. I got to stay. Wow. <laughs> and know. how long were you on the show? I did 99 episodes. Wow. Which I think is so funny. Not 100. 99. I got out just before 100. <laughs> I know. It's so funny. Yeah, 99. That's so great. Yeah. And what was that experience like? I mean, that was pretty much right after you moved here, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, it was about six months or seven Still. months after. So you after. were very young. I was very young. Yeah, I was very young. And um the show was massive when I came onto it. Yeah. I mean, it was like midstream. It yeah. wasn't the beginning. It wasn't the, it was like at the sort of height of it. I mean, they were on the cover of Rolling Stone when I was like starting. So yeah. crazy, you know? I mean, it was literally like overnight. I went from being yeah. a girl to, to from a Hamilton star, right? who was driving a beat up Geo Prism to like <laughs> having a bodyguard. Yes. Wow. You had a bodyguard. Yeah, we all did. Really? Mm-hmm. Because why teenage girls would like, attack you guys? No, because anybody I mean, crazy fans. Yeah, yeah. there so was we, a lot of weird. You know, all of a sudden it was like guys in prison contacting you and sending you things. You're and, oh yeah, yeah. It was it was a big big show. I, I'm so naive. I mean, and even I will say this is not a comparison at all. I just I've been wanting to share about this because it's happened a couple times, and I'm sure this happens to everybody. Just you know celebrity, not celebrity, but I, you know, I have this, an Instagram account for the show and occasionally I'll get a a DM request. Right. Mm -hmm. And I look, and sometimes it's really interesting. I've made some friends on there, you know, women that have approached me. Um, in fact, next week's guest, um, not next week's guest. Yes. Next week being the week after this, not after your recording will air, but anyway, Derek, you'll edit that out because it doesn't make (laughs) sense contacted me through there. And any, in any case, just yesterday I was, Oh my gosh, I just see your bio freeze. Oh, yeah. Oh, my God. That's the best stuff. It's the best. Yeah. (laughs) Your BioFreeze, your essential oils, your Aesop, or however you say that. My face spray. Your face spray. And this is my most favorite thing in the world. What is this? For headaches. Oh, peppermint. the best. How do you say this? Sage? Um, Sage. It's a Canadian company, actually. Do you like how I just tried to implement this? It's Sage. Is this Sage? It's honestly the best thing for headaches. It's better than, yeah. I love it. Peppermint, halo, sage. And it's oil you put on your head. So my listeners don't think I'm 
as stupid as I actually am. It's spelled S A J E. J E. So that's why I said So what what was I saying? Oh, so anyway, just to go back to the um I'll sometimes get DMs from a total stranger, a dude, mm. uh, with some weird username, and it says "send nudes," and I always laugh. I'm like, "Does that work for you, bro?" Like, <laughs> so funny, as if like I'm just gonna be like, "Oh, oh, let me oh, take yeah. my clothes off One like, minute, right now." One <laughs> second, just give me a minute <laughs> so here. Funny. So I mean, I know I'm nobody, so I can't <sighs> even imagine. Yeah, at that time. So wow, how long did you have a bodyguard like that? And how often <laughs> did you have a bodyguard? Was it? Uh, I mean, it was sort of, um, it would like ebb and flow. Like there would be periods when something would happen and then they would want to have somebody like literally, I was living in Brentwood by myself in a condo. There was a period where they had somebody like sitting outside of my door (laughs) waiting for, I mean, it's crazy when I think about it now um, because I like so would never I just, it's, 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 it's hard to fathom. It's trippy. That. It's trippy. Yeah. I mean, it was definitely like a, I remember going on hiatus to Italy and going to the Sistine Chapel. They had to like take me out because it was like people were crowds of people. hysterical about 90210. In, like it was like crazy. Like, you know, yeah. You couldn't even enjoy your vacation. No, it was like, ridiculous when I think about it now especially you know wow yeah and I was like like I said I mean I was just like a kid from Hamilton right going oh right (laughs) this is really people really like this show wow I mean even now still people are like yeah people are fascinated sure 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 yeah I know there was a new reboot of it I didn't follow yeah I did yeah either yeah Yeah. (laughs) but yeah that was like my first American job yeah so it was pretty it was a it was a really heightened period uh, for yeah. sure yeah and while like you're finding years. your footing finding yeah. your footing as a in a new country and mm-hmm. like at that age and that sort of coming of age age um, yeah so at what point when did you meet your husband was it during that time no oh no so i met chris uh we've been together s- 17 years wow congratulations it's crazy yeah um yeah, our 15-year wedding anniversary is this year. Oh. So yeah, I met him actually when I was I was filming a movie and his one of his best friends was the producer. And so um we met um through him on a night where neither one of us wanted to go to this. There was like a party and I didn't want to I it was like, I'm tired, I don't want to go. I've been working all day. And something at the last minute was like, just go. And he was the same. He wasn't gonna go. And he, I'm just gonna go. And if we hadn't gone to that party, we would have never met. So it's wow. crazy, you know, when you think about yeah. life that way. And at that time, you were still just fully pursuing acting? Yeah, for 100%. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. Had, I was, had you... Um, go ahead. When I met him, I was doing Scary Movie too. Oh, right. That was how I met him. I see. Okay, the producer that the um, of that movie was one of his best friends. Got it, got it, yeah. got it. Okay. So, yeah. And had you been writing? Had you always written? Like, did you write as a child? Was it? in you or was it something that came later? I always was a writer. Um, I started very young, always journaling and always doing short stories and um, never really ever thought about, never really thought about it more than that. Like just knew that it was something I loved to do and it was always my therapy. Like anything would happen. I was stressed. I was concerned. I was anxiety. I was this. I would just 
That was always my therapy. And then after William was born, I started, you know, I would always write stuff and just throw it in a drawer. Like I would be off on location and I'd be like, I'm going to write a movie about such and such. And I would write it and just kind of be like, yeah, whatever, and throw it in a drawer and never let anyone read it. And then um, after William was born, I started, you know, really feeling also like, I don't want to be going away on location. I don't want to be in Bulgaria doing a movie. I don't want to be in New Mexico. I want to stay home. And I started just sort of trying to sort of figure out how I could do this in a real way. And Chris, my husband, who's a producer, was like, well, let me read something. I was like, well, I don't really know. And, you know, I was really vulnerable about it and really insecure about whether or not. And I had this weird sort of thing of like, you're one thing, like you're an actor or you're like, I just didn't. I always thought that people who tried to do multiple, I was always a bit judgy about it. Yeah. And a bit like, okay, you're this, you're this, you're this, you're this. I mean, just focus on what you love and do that. So I always thought, I don't want to be that person. I'm just going to be an act, you know. And then I let Chris read um, a script and he texted me or he was like, you're a writer. It's real. You're not an actor that wants to be a writer. I think you're you're a writer. You're a real writer. And so, and I really respect his opinion. And I expect, you know, I knew that he would be, I knew that he wouldn't say that if he didn't believe it. So uh, I said, okay. And I let my reps read it and they were like, oh yeah, this is, this is good. And then that was after that, we just kind of, yeah, the rest. Cause is- you were doing a TV show. Um, well, when I met you, you were doing a TV show and you had already been writing, but I remember you were trying to do TV to stay in town. Yeah. Was that, that was sort of the deal. I think when I met you, I was probably doing, I was either doing boss, but that shot in Chicago. Was the other one. I was doing murder in the first, That's it. which was the TNT show yeah, that yeah, shot yeah. in LA, which in was LA. an amazing right, right, right. job. Cause yeah. I mean, who gets to film in LA anymore? Right, right, right. right. Everything's in Atlanta yeah. or uh, Canada. Yeah. Or, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, but at that time you'd already been writing. So you'd already yeah, been yeah. planting these seeds since totally. William was a baby. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And during boss, which was the show that I shot in Chicago, that was when it started to really kind of become real where it was like, you know, I sold something and then it was like, oh, now I'm doing, you know, rewrites and I'm working on this and I'm working on this. And um, yeah, and all through, you know, Murder in the First, I was writing. That's incredible. So I was like filming and then in my trailer. And how did that feel being paid for a writer versus being paid as an actor? And you'd had all these years of being paid as an actor. So this whole, you had a whole big career behind you already of acting. Yeah. It was since you were 10. Amazing. Like it felt amazing. What was different about it? Um, it just felt like it was more me. Yeah. You know, I mean, being an actor as you know, is, is a very, it's fabulous and it can be incredible, but it's rarely that. Yeah. The majority of what it is to be an actor is really difficult. Especially as a woman. Beyond. Let's let's go there. Let's go there for a minute. Beyond. Beyond. (laughs) I mean, like, and you know, everyone's like, oh, everything's turning and it's so great now. And then it's like, no, Wait, you know, yeah. no, we're not there yet. So what Can't quite be <laughs> and you and I have talked about this over yeah. the years. Um, and I remember you saying it was so funny because uh I mean you guys know this and you'll see the pictures on the memes. Kathleen is exceptionally beautiful. Oh. You're funny. You're yes. funny stuff. You are. <laughs> oh my you God. are. See me you right are. now, people. <laughs> you are. My sweats. You yeah. are. And but I remember you saying something after Murder in the First was done and you were trying to get another TV show in LA and you said, Oh, for an old gal like me. And I just looked at you like, what? And then I remembered, oh, right. That's how it is. And I was like, old, old gal. But, but it is, there is this, 
I mean, even for me in my little piddly um, commercial career, former commercial actress career, it fell off like yeah. after I turned 35. I for, mo- have... for most women, it's 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 over at that point. Yeah. Without a doubt. Even now. Yeah. It is. I mean, like almost everybody that I look at that I knew coming up and working with, it's like everybody's either going back to school. Even if you're in a certain category of actress that's like A-list, like it's hard for them too. Well, I mean, the thing that's so interesting is even those women, it's like, it's not even enough anymore to just be an actor. It's like they all literally have production companies, they're producers, they're optioning 10 books a year. I mean, they have an app. the they're pressure and the sort true. of like what it is now, it's like it's not even enough anymore to just be, oh, you're on a TV show. It's like, well, what's your brand? Right. And what's your, it's like, what? I mean, it's insanity. Yeah. While you're it's since right. while you're trying to be a mother, while you're trying to be, you know, like remembering to eat, wash your hair. And I mean, it's like, it's, it's too much. It's crazy. It's too much. Yeah. That's interesting. So it is, and it is shifting. Like when people say that, like it's shifting, it's shifting. It is shifting. But what I'm hearing you say is there's just more pressure from different directions. I think that it's, um, I think that not sustainable. And I feel like things are like, I feel like there has, like something's got to give at some point in terms of I've never, like, I mean, I, I don't know how you feel about this, but I, I'm so hard on myself. Oh gosh. And I'm so judge like I'm so just kind of like it's never enough, you know? Like I'm either and if if things are going well with work, then it means I'm a bad mom because I'm not with my kids. Ugh. And I'm with yes. my kids, then I'm like slacking on every other level. You know, it's yeah. just and it's weird because I feel like my husband doesn't feel that. No, I don't like think Chris men is do. just kind of like, Yeah, you know what? I did my best. Yeah. <laughs> Do my best, you know. know. You did your best. (laughs) I mean, but he doesn't feel that that thing. Like he's like, well, I'm fine. That is fine. Like, what are you worrying about? Like, I know, but shouldn't we be, you know, this and he's like, they're fine. Yeah, it's true. Yeah, it's so true. And I don't know what the antidote for that is, except just time and experience. Yeah. Extra self-love and extra sage. Yeah. On your <laughs> lots of biofreeze. Yes, lots of biofreeze. Um <laughs> but it's it yeah, that's interesting. And do you feel not less pressure? Do you feel different pressure now that you're in this writing suite as a writer, as a paid writer? Are you pursuing acting at all right now? Or is that table? I have a new show, show coming out. Well, you do? I do. Oh my God. How do you do it all? <laughs> Don't. I don't. Wait, is this... Because you were in Canada this summer. Yes. That's what it is. Tell us about the show. I have a show premiering on Netflix on March 1st. Oh, my gosh. Called Northern Rescue. (laughs) So So you got to spend the summer with your family came with you, which is a blessing. And you guys had the most picturesque, Instagram perfect summer I got to see. We did have a really good summer. Yeah, we did a really Did you think about summer. moving there for five seconds? We totally did. I, I heard <laughs> yeah. Chris was talking to Finkel at somebody's party. I forget what it was. And he was like, we thought about it. We did, uh, yeah, it, it was heaven. It looked amazing. Yeah, we filmed up in Northern Ontario in this place called Perry Sound, which is a couple hour drive from Toronto. And um, yeah, it was amazing. I mean, it was, it was definitely... Um, one of those jobs where, I mean, we'll see how it does and if it gets picked up or, or, you know, what happens with it. But it was kind of like a dream scenario because, you know, William wasn't in school. We could all be together. Yeah, it was fabulous. And same thing if it gets picked up, I'm assuming it has to be filmed in the summer. Yeah, like it's definitely just summers. 
That's awesome. So we'll see. So what is the story and what's your part in it? <laughs> You're like, it's, this is not a press junket, Jennifer. No, no, no. I don't no. want to talk about no, this. No, no, no. Um, kind of tonally, it's very different than anything I've ever done before. It's much more hopeful. It's much more, it's a family drama. So it's sort of tonally more like a this is us. Okay. And I play a character that's much less, I always tend to get offered very dark, very complicated, very sort of like cracked, warped, fucked up women. <laughs> and this was not that. Yeah. I was like, oh, this will be fun. I to play a normal, healthy human. And it was sort of like a bit of a, like a conscious thing for me, like just feeling like after boss, which was like really amazing, but really, it was very extreme. I had to really go there emotionally and physically and it was very sexual and it was very, it was just a lot. It was like a very intense period. And then Murder on the First, which was also very dark and very, you know, like every day I'd be like, oh my God, I have to go cry all day. You know, I was kind of like, I'm ready to do something a little more yeah, cute. <laughs> which is great because it goes with the fact that you were able to, at night, come home to your family and on the yeah. weekends go jump in the lake. Or yes. What, you know, yeah. So that's yes. great. So it was fun. It was oh, fun. Good. So we'll see. We'll see what happens with yeah. it. So, but other than that, you're not acting right now. Like you're not um, no. right now on I'm, a project. No, no, no. Like I, that was my sort of like check the box acting three and a half months. Great. Now I can focus on all, all this, this stuff. stuff. Mm-hmm. And so what are you working on right now? It looks like there's several... Um, I mean, yes. some of it you probably can't talk about, but yeah. So there's some of it mm-hmm. is yeah, just kind of in the um, beginning stages. But right now, I'm I'm writing uh, a movie called Little Bee for Julia Roberts and Amazon. It's based on a book. I remember when this book. was first. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, coming yeah. Coming about, and That's you right. were nervous about. Yes. Yeah. So it's yes. happening. Fully happening. I've turned in my first draft. Got notes. Redoing. Doing my second draft now. I'm writing uh, a movie for Jason Reitman and Fox Searchlight that's called The Possibilities. And I am writing a movie called Lady Killer, which is based on a comic book series for Dark Horse Comics. And Michelle McLaren is directing it. Amazing. Those are features. And then the TV stuff is, so I have a deal at Universal um, for television. Going out with my first sort of big thing with them in the next month, which is... um, I don't, I, I'm not, I'm not really supposed to talk about what it is just because they want to keep it. Sure, of course. But it's, um, Charlize Theron is producing it with me. So I've been working with her, which is super cool. And then I am also working on a project for television with Joe Berlinger, who is a documentary filmmaker. He has that Ted Bundy thing oh, on yeah. Netflix right now. He's really amazing. I'm a huge fan of his. So I'm working with him, which has been really cool. And then the book, which I told you about, How to Party with an Infant, which I'm trying to put together. I have a thing that I um, recently sold to Jeffrey Katzenberg's new company called Quibi, um, and it's called Swimming with Sharks. It's a reboot of this movie, Swimming with Sharks, with two women. Oh, my God. Yeah. So how many projects is that, I don't Kathleen? know. I don't know. So where's your brand? <laughs> <laughs> you just rattled off like... 12 things plus oh that was just my summer I just all summer long I acted in a show and now I'm doing this and I have a two-year-old and a 10-year-old blah, 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 blah. but see what I mean yes that's my point that's a lot it's a lot plus you're married plus I have a husband that needs to be tended to tended to <laughs> emotionally physically yes. all that stuff and home and yeah friends and yes it's yeah it's so much yeah um 
one thing we haven't talked about that it just, I got a ding on it, but this is also something that we can take out if you want to, but I wanted to ask you about your pregnancies. And I didn't know if you wanted to talk about those. So your first pregnancy. Yes. How did that go? It was a surprise. It was? Yep. Total. Literally, you know, went to the store, thought this is weird. I'm buying a pregnancy test. Did it. Went, what? Oh my gosh. Wasn't trying. Um, so it was the easiest right. thing ever. Right. So of course I thought number two would be just as easy. Never even thought about it. Too long. You know, I think that something that people I think are starting to talk about now, but I feel like women don't understand how difficult it is after 40 to have a kid. And I feel like we all are just like, oh, look at Halle Berry and look at Janet Jackson. And no one really talks about what that is, what, what that looks like. They, like, you know, let's be totally frank. They didn't just get pregnant. It's not possible. Right. Yeah. If I was to go back and do it all over again, I would not have waited so long, but I did. Mm-hmm. And, and I wasn't ready to have a second for a very long time. And then once William was around six, I kind of thought, oh, I'm going to have a second. And um, had had got pregnant and had um, a miscarriage very far along. I was like 17 weeks. Don't to this day know why. Don't to this day know what happened. They never really could figure out why and what. Um, and then that sort of became a two year process. So from the time of that to Bennett, it was two years of just everything and anything you could pos. I mean, it was like acupuncture and, you know, it was just everything. Mm. Yeah. I mean, I was just, and, and the biggest shock to me through all of it was, um, how many women were just like, Oh yeah, I've had, I've had one. Oh, I've had two. Oh, I've had six. Oh, yeah. I've had, everybody came out of the woodwork. Everybody. Yeah. And I went, what? no one talks about this. Yeah. It, was, it was startling to me. Yeah. Started working with a therapist named Jessica Zucker, who yes. is fabulous. And she's kind of made it her life's mission to talk about this. Yes. I mean, she created this hashtag. I had a miscarriage. I had a miscarriage. Yeah. And... um yeah, I mean, and I've debated like, should I write a book about it? Should I do, you know, and I've never really, I've never really talked about it before now. I've talked to about it a lot with people that I know. And I'm always the first person to be like, you know, I love talking to other women about it because I feel like it's just something that when you have a baby, you know, everybody celebrates. And when you have a baby that doesn't make it, no one wants to talk about it because nobody knows how to talk about it. So, it would be f- so great if we could all get to a place where like there's no stigma and that we can all talk about it. Because I know for me, when I was going through it, because of just the way my brain works, I immediately was like on Amazon buying every book about it. I was wanting to know every woman's story about it because it made me feel less alone. Yes. It was just that thing of like, oh my God, well, she, oh, this, li- reading this story of this woman makes me feel like I can breathe, yeah. like I'm okay. Yes. Because it's not, I'm not the only, you know, and it would be just so great. I think if we all got to a place where we could just all talk about it yeah, and not have it be this thing where that was, I think the hardest part of it, it wasn't, it was, I shouldn't say that was the hardest part. The hardest part was it, 
happening to yeah. me. But I think the second hardest part was that just like nobody knew how to deal with it. Yeah. Like everybody was like, oh my gosh, you look, you don't even look pregnant. And I would be like, yeah, no, I'm not anymore. <sighs> and it would be silence. And yeah. then that person would never want to talk to you again and right. look at you in the, you know, you'd walk in, down the hallways and everybody would, you know, because, right. and it's not, you know, it's just that people just don't know how yeah. to, what to, what to do about it. Yeah. It's so but then you feel even more isolated and it's already makes yeah. you, it's already isolating. Yeah. And then you're grieving and having, dealing with your own loss. and Yeah. And it never goes away. It never goes away. Yeah. It's it, a never, it is a death. Yeah. Like it'll never, I'll, I'll yeah. never, it'll always be a period of my life that I just still can't even really comprehend. Yeah. You know, it's just so sad. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Thank you for talking about yeah. it today. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I agree with you about that. Just like, I think the more we talk about all these things, it, it helps to lessen the stigma, the, the social anxiety about it. And, yeah. you know, mental health is something I talk about a lot on the show with <clears throat> my friend having died, my own struggles with depression. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think, again, it's just people don't know what to say or, yeah. uh, and it's not from lack of empathy or compassion. It's mm-hmm. just knowledge, I guess, and and lack of experience, of course, because once you've been through it, right, you know, like you said, you're always like, oh, when if someone brings it up, you want to share that you've been through it too, yeah, to yeah. let them know that, yeah, you have a shared experience, totally, totally, yeah. Um, and I always think it's funny some of the stuff that Jessica you know, writes about when she posts things and it's yeah. like, you know, people will say things that are so not, you so not helpful. Yeah. Like, you know, oh, it's just, you just need to like, next time you just need to relax and it'll happen or, you know, oh, you're just too stressed right now. You need to, or the, you know, right. <laughs> just say, I'm so sorry. Yeah. And give, and give yes. that person a hug, you know, yes. it, it's, you don't have to fix it or co- have a solution. Yeah. No. Yeah. But I do really feel like, you know, I wish that and I have sort of thought about this a little bit and I don't know what this I don't know what it what it would look like, but I think it would be great to figure out a way to like get it out there more in terms of like educating women about what, you know, that like if you're gonna wait until you're in your mid forties, like be prepared. Just be prepared. I mean it's not to say that it can't happen, you right. know. Or even and I'm I don't have any scientific evidence in front of me, but I'm even after 35. Oh, hundred percent. Skyrockets. All those it's things. It's next skyrocket. level. It's like 35 is the, is the, and again, I know there's people probably listening to this that then gives them anxiety. So I don't, I don't right. mean this in any way to be like, oh, if you're in your, you know, it totally is doable. It's right. just that be, just know what it's, yeah. how Talk to your doctor, it's going to be different. It will be very yeah. different than what it would be. And, and even women in their twenties struggle with it too. Sure. So it's not, to say, but it is definitely, I just think one of those things where when I was forced to sort of really start doing research and it, and it did become difficult for me the second time around to have a baby, I was just sort of like shocked by like all the stuff I researched and learned about where I was like, wait, wait, wait. So like uh, that woman who's in her late forties didn't just ha- like, what do you mean? She didn't just get pregnant. Oh, yeah. she, it's not even, you know, then you start right. learning about this and you're like, sure. wow, it's a whole other thing. Sure. Yeah. So then let's see, that was, it was maybe what, three years later, I'm guessing you'll have to yes. know, that, that you got pregnant I did. for the third time. I did. And I'm very reluctant to ever 
just like talk about this part of it because I, again, I listened, I know that there are people listening to this right now who are in this position that I was in. And when I used to hear women say this, it made me crazy and it made me really annoyed. Mm. Um, I literally had kind of given up and thought, I'm not going to pursue this anymore. It's just, it's just, I need to be grateful for William and I need to be grateful for the life that I have. And I can't focus on this anymore because it's not clearly not. Maybe maybe it's just not meant to be. Right. And then of course that was when I got pregnant. Yeah. And you know, that doesn't That's your you story. Know, that's that's my your story. story. Yep. And so during that pregnancy, were you holding your breath? Oh God. It like was brutal. The whole nine it, was, months? it was brutal. <clears throat> yeah, me. I was terrified. I was terrified. Like until he was in your arms. Hundred, and even then I was still like I mean, I would say the first year of his life, it was like <laughs> the little sock with the beeper on it that I, and the little like band around his, t- I mean, I was, you know, the monitor was literally at my yeah. ear. Yeah. 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 PTSD. Yeah. I mean, how could it not? A hundred percent. Yeah. Yeah. A hundred percent. now he is two years old. Now he's two. And so precious. And the cutest little thing. Oh my gosh. <laughs> yeah. He's a sweet, sweet boy. What a journey. Yeah. It was, it was intense. I mean, very intense. I always think of that quote from Steel Magnolias that uh, Sally Field says, you know, men are supposed to be made out of steel or something. And, you know, talking about how women are so we are so strong and so resilient. Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. it is really remarkable when you just shared your entire bits. I mean, we're talking for an hour. So but your entire life story, your career, everything that you have accomplished your family that you've created and the strength and the losses and, and you're still here, you know, and you're still doing it. And man, it's a lot. Like some days I just want to go under the covers and not come out. Oh, I know. I know. But it's a lot. I do, Mm -hmm. you know? Yeah. But wow. And some days you you just have to do that. Some days you do have to do that. What I'm trying to get better at. Yes. The whole idea of, self-care. Yes. is very, very much something that I'm trying to do yeah. more of. Yeah. Being like, you know what? I have to do anything today if yes. I don't want to. Mm-hmm. Yes. And just stare at my wall. Yeah. Yeah. Have a bath. Yes. Play with my baby. And yes. Chill and yes. have to do all these things and accomplish yeah. all this stuff. Yeah. You know? There's so much of the, well, it goes back to what you were saying about the like, be a mom and be a superstar and da, 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 And how's your brand? And but it's like, oh my God, don't you have a yoga line? Or it's, I mean, it's just right. Like, <laughs> right. What are you? Yeah. I mean, the, the lunch, the, this is like a stupid thing, but like one of my biggest pet peeves or one of my biggest is the whole lunch thing. I follow certain people and their lunches are so incredible that they make for their kids. And it just makes me feel so, my husband's like, unfollow. You don't need to also be making homemade hummus. You don't so, have to. So I'm like I know, but it makes me feel like I am the person who's literally like with the frozen Trader Joe's gnocchi. Oh yeah. And hiding the bag cuz I don't want people to be like, "Oh, she's just making frozen gnocchi." Yeah. I don't have time to make homemade. Oh yeah. My but kid I, won't but even I beat eat myself that. up about it. My kid won't eat any of that. So I I guess I I will take that ticket because the fact that he won't eat any of that because I'm like, well, that's why his lunch today, he does get hot lunch at his new school, which is yes. 
fine. I don't even know if he's eating it. It's costing me hundreds of dollars right. a month, whatever. <laughs> but in then in the snack box I packed this morning, I packed Cheetos in one thing. Yes. And it's the same beautiful <laughs> box that you're seeing on many yes, of these feeds yes. that's filled with <laughs> love it. organic love uh, it. kiwi and rolled up fruit yes. things and like edamame in one. And then, you know, yeah, but yeah. mine doesn't look like that. It's got Cheetos in the big thing, <laughs> two chocolate chip cookies from Trader Joe's in one, yeah. three Hershey's Kisses, <laughs> oh, Kisses in the it. others. I love it. I and love then it. Two strawberries and the small one oh, that he won't eat, and he'll bring it back home, and the yeah. strawberries will be in of it, course. warm and like <laughs> like squishy, oh, totally. And that's it. But you put them in. That's what matters. <laughs> I do the same every day. I can't. Like I, just, I put in like the orange or the apple. Never gets Always eaten. comes home. Yeah. Yuck! Don't want yeah. it. No. Like okay. I know. I don't know. I know. But you know what? It's okay. To quote your husband. Right? I did my best. That's right. That's right. Totally. <laughs> totally. Totally. Oh my gosh. I can't believe this is so awesome. This always happens when I have a great conversation. So we've come to the time where I'm going to ask you three questions that I ask every guest. Okay. And then we're going to go into a lightning round of questions. Okay. The first question is, what do you think about when you hear the word MILF? I think about your podcast. I actually do. I really do now. I mean, I used to think something else, but now I think about you. I think about you, Jennifer. Thank you. Okay. What's something you've changed your mind about recently? Can I pass on any of them? I'm really like, it's so funny. I'm really bad at coming really like I'm, I overthink. So I'm going to, can I'll I come take back a to pause that one? That one? Yeah, okay. We'll come back. <laughs> okay. How do you define success? Uh, inner peace. Mm. Yeah. Okay, lightning round. And these are easy because okay. I give you an option for everything. Ocean or desert? Ocean. Favorite junk food? Uh, orange Sour Patch Kids. Ooh, so specific. Yes. I love it. Movies or Broadway show? Movies. Daytime sex or nighttime sex? Night. Texting or talking? Ooh, depends on the person. <laughs> Cat person or dog person? Dog. Have you ever worn a unitard? Uh, totally. Shower or bathtub? Bath. Ice cream or chocolate? Ooh, chocolate. On a scale of one to 10, how good are you at ping pong? Oh, negative zero. <laughs> like the worst ever. <laughs> couldn't even, zero. Couldn't even probably hit one. What's your biggest <laughs> pet peeve? Can I pass? Yep, yep. <laughs> if you could push a button and have perfect skin for the rest of your life, but it would also give you incurable halitosis for the rest of your life, would you push it? No. <laughs> your face, your face, no. you're like, No, what? don't care. It's a about- horrible question. Yeah, no. <laughs> Superpower choice, invisibility, ability to fly, or super strength? Fly. Um, do you want me to circle back to the ones you skipped or do you want to skip them Maybe forever? Maybe just skip them forever. Yep, skip them forever. <laughs> we don't care. Would you rather have a penis where your tailbone is or wait a penis where my tailbone is yeah okay <laughs> i'm just visualizing and feeling what that would she feel like she touched her tailbone I just to like, I just check like it out. okay right there right there yeah. um or a third eye like a literal third eye you mean like i would have to walk around with it yeah both or like one or the other <laughs> know to wrap my brain around that question 
And who, what warped person thought of this question? Me, me, I know you did. Me. I know you did. Um, what, what, what do you say? Well, what would yours be? Someone asked me on Instagram yesterday and I responded, I think I'd go with the penis because I want to see how the other half thinks. But <laughs> if someone asked me that question, I would probably say, well, I'll take a penis where the third eye would go. Because nobody said that yet. <laughs> just to be different, just to be kind of an asshole. I mean, if it was not on the tailbone, I would probably say this because I would be curious. Oh, you'd want it where it's supposed to be? Yeah, I don't, wouldn't want it on my back. Right. Because you can't, what would, you know. You can't see it no. either. Yeah. It would be really, yeah. yeah. It'd be hard to masturbate. Yeah, it would it, be very yeah. difficult. You would get a good stretch in your yes. front. <laughs> I, yeah, I think I would say no. I, I wouldn't want it either. There you go. There's your answer. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Last uh, set of two questions. What was the name of your first pet? Mickey. What was the name of the street you grew up on? Edgewood. So your poor name is Mickey Edgewood. Ooh, that's, like, that's pretty that's good. That's a very good one. That's pretty good. Yeah. She's classy. I like it. What's yours? What is mine? Uh, Smoky Lariat. Oh. <laughs> That's good. It's a little good. She's a little bit country. Smokey's good. Smokey's good. Larry, it's a little. Yeah. Yeah. Not quite sure about but it. Smokey's good. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to use that. I'm going to write Smokey down. That's a good name. Yeah. S-M-O-K-E-Y. That's a good name. Yeah. It's a good girl character. It name. is, right? Yeah. Uh-huh. Kathleen, thank you so much. Thank you. Thanks so much for listening, guys. I hope you enjoyed my conversation with Kathleen. Uh, just a quick reminder that today is the last day for you to write an iTunes review for MILF Podcast. Well, it's not the last day for you to write a review. It's the last day of the February give. But whenever you write an iTunes review, just know that I've been linking them to different organizations that I'm going to donate to. So in the month of March, there will be another donation geared toward women which I will announce next week. So even if you write it tomorrow, it'll still count towards something. But today is the last day for Lumos. It's just such a pleasure to bring this show to you guys every week. I love meeting all these fascinating women with incredible stories, the beautiful tapestries of their lives and their children and how in the hell they juggle all this stuff because I'm still just figuring it out one day at a time. Barely, barely, barely. Anyway, I love you guys so much. Thank you to my amazing team who helps me produce the show. Sarah, Liz, Kevin, and Derek, I love you guys. And um, I'll be talking to you guys all next week. 